I'm Larry Flick here on the Jolt Sirius XM OutQ. Uh, a pleasure to welcome Josh Lucas back to our studio. It's good to see you. Mm, very happy to be here, Larry. Well, Thank you, you uh, have got one of those movies uh, to talk about that. It feels like a game changer. I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you about this movie. It's called The Mend. And um, it it is really, it's, I, I don't even know where to begin other than, um, did you just salivate when you saw the script? Did you just think, <laughs> I have to have this, I'm going to kill someone if I don't get it? First of all, I'm thrilled that you had that response. I must admit, I did too. Uh, I didn't originally, though. I will say, when I first read the script, I was mystified by it. It was 130 pages of rambling, strange um, syntax and and just didn't you know it was it was very hard to even wrap your head around it the same way the movie has a very unique it seems very improvisational and the reality is there's not a single moment in that movie that's improvised it is as precise of a vision of a director who is speaking and 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 writing and directing from an extremely personal place about his relationship with his brother and also attempting to make a movie that has elements of Scorsese and Woody Allen and Cassavetes and all these different things that he was referencing which I did know so that then after we sat down and drank scotch, I got the feeling I was like, this guy's a this guy's a badass is what it was. The yeah. director is a true I mean he's a he's he's a you know, Columbia educated filmmaker who has a massive film mind and is a tough, interesting, very smart man who I got a real powerhouse feeling from him and he hadn't ever made a feature film before, but um then the process of making it was as you know bizarre and challenging as the movie is where we were making a movie in Harlem shooting splits meaning that you were going to work three o'clock in the morning shooting uh, at night until you know maybe around noon the next day and taking the you know the long the long strange late night um, subway from the Lower East Side all the way up to Harlem which is bizarre in and of itself and then going out and guerrilla filmmaking and filmmaking uh, in the guy, the writer, director of this movie and his girlfriend slash co-writer slash producer of the movie were living in this very tough, small Harlem apartment where we shot most of the movie in. So you'd literally arrive at four o'clock in the morning and go into the bedroom that they would be getting out of bed in. <laughs> and you'd get, it, you'd get into wow. this bed. Yeah, you'd literally get into this bed. They'd, you know, pull kind of, you know, drink a cup of coffee and start shooting. Um, it had a tough punk rock edge to it from every every aspect of it and then you know the way he put it together and uh i tell you there's it's a real punk rock film in a way yeah it, it honestly is the movie we're talking about is called the mend and uh we sort of dove right in and i want to mention it it's a, it, it's a hard movie to explain other than it is about the very very complicated and and i would argue very very honest relationship of brothers mm. um when I watched the movie, I thought this is probably closer to what real brothers are like mm. than we see portrayed in nicer movies. Mm. Uh, and it also stars uh, Stephen Plunkett. Mm. Um, and 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 the reason why I thought you had to salivate is because um, you weren't offered the character that was ultimately played by Stephen mm. in that your character is um, – Sometimes a real douchebag, um, but not always. Actually, I feel great empathy and sympathy for for him for a lot of a lot of the ride. 
Yeah, I mean that was that was the the moment I salivated. Where I was like, "Wow, this is a monster of a character in a fantastic and and uh, subversive way." Where he's not a villain, first of all, no. he's just a guy who has gotten to a point in his life where he just doesn't give a fuck anymore. I mean, he's really like he's he doesn't care about what anybody thinks. He's the guy who, you know. I think friends are going to stop going to the bar with this guy because it's going to end up in a fist fight. And, <laughs> you know, it's not that he's so angry. It's that he's, he's just kind of, he's done and he's bordering on homelessness. He's bordering on, he's bordering on just every moment challenging every person he comes in contact with, uh, because he is looking out at the world with eyes that are pretty jaded and pretty angry and pretty, um, uh, pretty pretty fried and his brother is exactly the opposite his brother's a man is trying to live you know with responsibility being a good thing as opposed to in the character i play where responsibility is a as a weight that's crushing him and he's not going to take on anybody's responsibility much less he's going to take on anybody else's problems he doesn't yeah. care at it, all. it's it's, it, yeah. it's, a, it's fascinating though because i feel like more of us can relate to your dude than his. Um, well, because and- I think more people, I think because what, I don't know about you. I, look, I'm a man in my middle forties. You know, the, the reality is, is that we have a lot of responsibilities as, as you know, people in our middle forties with yeah. families and children yeah. and jobs and bosses and financial pressures and, you know, careers that have gone up and down and all the different realities of what it is to be, a human being, much less a man in your middle forties. I watched my father grapple with it. I watched, I watched, I see most of my friends at this point in their life grappling with it, relationships and marriages and children and, you know, all of it. And I think the thing about Matt, the character I played is he's just said, fuck it to the whole thing and has taken on none of that. And, and in a sense is sort of throwing it back in everyone's face that he doesn't, it's not his, it's not his game and that that's your problem. And I think there's something, you know, I think that all of us, it's like, it's almost like the great bad guy where you like, you know, wish you could be that guy. Yeah. He's got a real even, you know, even though he does talk quite a bit, there's, you know, there's a real anti-hero element to him and a, and a, and a kind of aggressive a man alone in the world. And, um, uh, you know, I, I tell you, it's really fun to play. But also I think that's why some people like yourself are saying it's a lot of fun to watch because it's that guy who you you know you don't know that you even want to invite him to dinner anymore because you just don't it's, it's <laughs> true it's true and he's he's a lot of fun to watch but it's also he's also very stressful to, to yeah. watch the movie again we're talking about is called the mend and it stars josh lucas who's joining us here in the jolt on larry flick it's a it's a really entertaining movie but it's a real it's a stressful watch and i think it's, it's funny just, that's what we you know that's what the director has called it as well it's a stressed out comedy and that's it is what it is i mean it is a group men at their in their point of their life where you know they can't keep women around because because they're so fucked up they're so fucked up (laughs) because they're that fucked up they can't keep their friends they can't keep their family around and and the thing is though you watch it and and yeah i'm in my early 50s so i'm a little bit further down the line than you and there's a watching it and I'm watching it through the through through my the lens of my life experience and I'm thinking I totally feel this because some of what he is uh, immersed in or rebelling against mm. or railing against is all the stuff you think you when you're when you're in your 20s you think I'm gonna have this all figured out when I'm 52 done mm. 
not going to deal with this. Mm. And then you wake up one day and you realize, fuck, mm. now am I still dealing with that? I'm dealing with this too. Or I got rid of that, but I didn't expect this. And it just, I mean, the stakes are higher because they need to be. This mm. is entertainment, but it's a little too real. That's what makes it so stressful. It's a little too real in places. I do know that that's what the director was after. It's what I was after, and it's what you know. This is a true story. I mean, that's the reality of it. This yeah. is this is a true story of this guy and his girlfriend and his you know brother who showed up. I mean, he took you know he took it and shifted it a little bit. But my understanding is that all of this really kind of happened, mm. and down to you know here we are shooting this actual story inside of these people's actual apartment, um, and you know the the parties and the people that were there that we're recreating using the same people and, and using borderline as if he had recorded the conversation that was happening that again sort of I think leads to that level of it being real but also leads to that level of what you're talking about of being stressful to watch because it's it's almost anxiety producing where you're like this is it's it's a mirror and it's yeah. not a not a pleasant mirror it's a no. mirror that is you know borderline look it's entertainment in a different way and I I do think that's the the achievement here from a filmmaking standpoint is that you know like I think that's why he's he referenced particularly Scorsese Mean Streets like the way that Mean Streets really caught a zeitgeist in the early 70s of you know hard New York City lifestyle of you know Italian tough tough guys um, punks and thugs and in in this case these are not punks and thugs. These are sort of, you know, your neighbors and friends who you go, fuck, I don't want to run into that guy on the street today, you know? And that's even worse. <laughs> exactly. That's even worse. When you, when you, and we've all done it, we've all taken the long way around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we don't have to walk past the store where you know that guy's going to be. Yeah. Or, you know, even in an office, I'll, I'll walk around that way so I don't have to walk past that, that person's office. No. Because not today. That's, that's that's. I'll see you tomorrow. That's the movie. That's, that's the movie. Yeah. And and all of that said, y'all, it is funny. It is it is very dramatic. It is gripping. Um and um, and I wonder, Josh, what it means to be at this point in your life, this point in your career, and to have this movie come into your life. You know. M- I, I'm finding in my career, and I think this is true of a lot of actors who have, you know, now decades of experience and decades of highs and lows and decades of movies that you go, wow, that was a good one, or wow, that one didn't, nobody responded to it, or, you know, and there's something that starts to happen too where movies come to you because they, they, they represent a mirror of your own life in a way. And, and, I am very little going on that's similar to Matt in my personal life. My personal life is actually quite the opposite. I'm calling it these days gr- grinding in a sense. of I'm grinding to make sure that I take care of the responsibilities to not just pay the bills, but also you know, help my ex-wife take care of my son as best as possible and give my son as much time with me and me as much time with my son as possible and see my family. You know, All the different things that, that I find you can get in situations where you feel you know, you feel stressed, like you say. You feel yeah. like you're just grinding away to be the best man you can possibly be. And yet here's this character who's presented who said, I don't give a fuck about any of that. And it was really fun and really liberating, but also put a mirror in front of me to say, hey, that's I'm not doing that. In fact, I'm choosing to live very, very differently. And yet I must say, like, I don't, 
there is there are challenges that I face as a man, and there are challenges that I face as a actor trying to make art that I think are or movies that I think sometimes are paying the bills, and sometimes like this one are purely putting a fantastic, uh, funny you know punk rock sensibility of certain elements of my own life up on screen. And like you say, the other character, the other brother. He is much more similar to who I am in in my life in terms of, you know, wanting to have a healthy relationship with my girlfriend, wanting to have a healthy relationship with my family and wanting to, you know, pay the bills. And, you know, like those things that a lot of us are, you know, we want to do or we feel this responsibility, this sort of Puritan work ethic. I mean, particularly I, I watched my father have it. You know, my father spent much of his life trying to provide for his kids. and. Yeah. My grandfather did the same. And it's interesting to now be in my 40s and look back at those men and think like, wow, they were actually doing the right thing. But in the, in the, at the same time, it was, it was somewhat hard for them to enjoy being in the moment because they felt pressure, tremendous pressure. So when you're in the throes of making this movie and living your life while you're making this movie, mm. um, I mean, the, the lucky thing that you have as an actor, the lucky thing that I have in what I do for a living is we almost get paid to think about our lives mm. in a way that my father was never paid to do. It doesn't sound like yours was either mm. uh, because they're just too busy grinding, as mm. you put it. Um, what are you thinking on the, the, the morning or the night when you're filming some of, some of what, what Matt's going through? What are you thinking right after, right after you've, you've expelled it from your body and you've, it's it's on film or digital, whatever the hell. What are you what are you thinking about you? You know, I was asking these are great questions because I was asking the same thing that I'm saying here. I was asking like, okay, how do I get to how do I play this character as honestly as I as I think I want to, but also as much as you present the guy who. It's not. It's the guy almost who you want to be, you know. Yeah. Even, even if this guy's a guy that nobody else wants to be around, it's a guy that you just goes. I just. There are times in your life where you want to explode, and you know you can't. And this guy's a guy who doesn't even think about not exploding. He just explodes whatever the fuck he wants. And so there's again, there's kind of an artistic freedom in that. There's also a release in that. I mean, one of the things that's interesting as an actor sometimes is that you know you can go and sort of blow yourself out emotionally on stage and you therefore don't have to do it in your real life. And I think what happens for a lot of us is that we can't do that in real life. We're just, you know, sort of suppressed by, like I watched it with my father and my grandfather. I watch it with a lot of the men around me. It makes people drink. It makes people, you know, behave badly because they need something to blow it out. And this character, so there is a great joy in going there every day and being this kind of motherfucker of a man and then going home and having my two-year-old at the time son be the the child I was going to go to the playground with and play for the entire day on my day off and be as happy as I could for him because in some way I had the ability or the tool or the, the career... Um, uh, gift of being able to then go the next day into an incredibly strangely uncomfortable environment. I mean, there was a moment in this movie where I actually got pissed off because I I not only didn't have a trailer, I didn't have a fucking chair. And I was like, can I just have a chair? <laughs> and they, they were like, well, we're, we don't we don't have any extra chairs today. And I was like, just a place to sit down. Can I just? Um, and so there was it was you know it look it lacked any creature comfort, but the reality is the 
the creative freedoms of it were tremendously rewarding. So interesting, though, because um, what you're describing is sort of what I felt when I was watching the movie. And again, the movie we're talking about is called The Man, starring Josh Lucas, who's here on The Jolt. Um, we all want to be Matt at some point in our lives because he's he acts like he doesn't give a shit. Hmm. And you think that's the ultimate freedom. And then you look at him, and if you're really paying attention, there's no freedom in freedom. There's no, like, you look at, I was, I was watching it, and at one point, I actually stopped and thought, this is movie's fucking me up, because you wait for that moment where you could just let it, you could unleash. Mm. And you think, that's going to be the day of pure catharsis, because I will be free. Mm. And then you realize, he is so trapped. Mm. Where's, and it just makes you go, well, that doesn't look free. If I go back to where I live, that doesn't feel free today because mm. I'm obviously romanticizing him. Fuck. I, look, man, I think what you're, the, the strain that you're on here is, is fantastic and right on because of the same questions I've asked and the same thing I think the movie's presenting. And look, you know, there's a weird moment I had right before we started shooting this movie where my son and I were on a bike and we're riding along down on the West Side Highway, uh, right along the river there, the beautiful ride along the river. And there was a man um, emerging from the trees and he had built a little makeshift house and he looked exactly like Matt. I mean, he was, he was, he was this character and he was, you know, he had, he'd given up and he'd become homeless and he, you know, I, I watched him, I pulled over and my little boy and I just watched him for a long period of time. And I was like, wait, you're right. Like this, this, this freedom to not have any of the responsibilities or stresses or, um, a sense of needing to provide for your life and your family and all those, those all those things can can maybe be rewarding in the moment. But I think, look, what I've seen from particularly my grandfather, my grandfather's a guy who was a construction worker who never made any money and really worked hard his, his life. I mean, he worked in the South and the heat, you know, laying roofs and 115 degree, you know, literally putting down tar on a roof. And at the end of his life, he was a guy who was a very happy man because he was surrounded by his family and he had a lot of friends. And that to me was a huge lesson because his family loved him and his family, he was always l very lovely and responsible with his family and he died a very happy man. And I look at Matt, this character, and I think, you know, here's a guy who is telling the world to go fuck off and he's going to be lonelier and, and, and lonelier and uh, sadder every day. And yet, is it is it fun to watch because is there times when you say to yourself man i wish i could fucking act this way <laughs> mm. i really wish i could i yeah. really wish i could be this guy and and to be honest you know sometimes as an actor look i'm not a terribly method actor but i was a bit of a jerk making this movie in my real life i was a bit of a jerk on set um because it was it's very hard to be a really nice guy when you're playing a character who's i mean it, it's hard to be like hey i'm thank you could i have a glass of water or, or could i have a chair you know, and because Matt would be like, "Give me a fucking chair," <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah and yeah, you're yeah. you're kind of like walking this weird tightrope of your job, um, and your own personality and your own creative uh, juices, and um, 
I, I tell you, I, I truly like what you're, the line of questioning you're on too, because I, I agree. There's moments where I thought, man, I wish I could be more like this guy. And then there's more like, you're like, no, man, that's, that's not a good life. It's not a good <laughs> life. And, and, but then you stop and you think, okay, so what does freedom look like? Because if you don't feel completely unfettered in the life you've designed, even though we're lucky enough to live the lives that we've designed, right? Mm. And there's no freedom in completely chucking it out the window. Then, and maybe this is this is <laughs> being 52 years old, Josh. Then what the hell does it look like? I believe more and more that first of all, I think money has almost nothing to do with it. I None. Think, I think what you it, think it does, I, but it doesn't. I think it has nothing to do with it. What I think it comes down to is being creative at some point on a daily basis mm-hmm. or almost on a daily basis. Yeah. And then if you go to your work and feel creative and feel interested in what you're doing, and I think the problem is for so many people, that's almost impossible to find. And what that means, I think, can be entirely individual. I have this really interesting thing where I went recently to Columbia, the country, with my ex-wife and my son, and I met my son's grandfather, who was a man who created a church. I mean, I'm talking church with thousands of people and has given his whole life to the poor. And I mean, this is a this is a powerfully um, charitable religious man. And he paints these paintings that are god awful. They're terrible. And he gets so much joy from painting. He, he was so proud of painting these paintings, and he would show us these terrible paintings. And it, his whole life has been something that has been on paper. I mean, miraculous in what he's given the people of Colombia. But the thing that he loves doing every day is painting these just terrible paintings that you can't, I mean, they're so bad, but the joy that he gets from that. And to me, it was like, this man has a lesson that I saw in front of me of, he's not thinking about the things that he spent his life doing, the good that he's given to people. He's enjoying these, he's taken up painting as an almost 90 year old man. And the men in my life, the women in my life, doesn't matter when towards their as their life shifts and they get middle or, or middle or even a little older. Um, if they don't have that, if they don't have that joy and and it can, you know, like I sometimes I see people who make bad music and love making bad music, you know, <laughs> and maybe you could be good music. It doesn't matter. But it's the, it's the idea of that they are. And my grandfather, his thing was that he danced. He was a uh, he was a um a square dancer and my grandfather and my grandmother square danced, you know, once, sometimes twice a day, they would do square dance competitions. And for him, it was, he got better and better and better at it. And they was again, his creativity. And so like, I don't know what you feel here on this show. I'm sure sometimes you get frustrated and tired with it, but I think the fact you come to this place where you sit down and talk to people and have these kinds of conversations that can be really creative and interesting. And The Mend was one of those movies where it was a bitch to make, but it was creative and interesting, and I'm so excited to go out and talk about it. It feels really good. Um, I'm, a movie costs me money to make, to be honest with you, quite a bit of money to make. It's like not a movie I'm ever not going to make a dime from. It's not about that. It's about the idea that the creative experience of it was highly rewarding. And I, if, if there are, look, raising my son, to be honest with you, 
is highly creatively rewarding. Um, I'll bet. And it's a lot of work. It's a hell of a lot of work, but there's to to figure out a way to entertain a three year old on a daily basis and, <laughs> and be on his level of like this morning, you know, waking up and painting. You know, it's like okay, we're gonna go and you know make paintings. And for me not to be in my mind of the stress of the day of having to do a big thing of serious radio talks, all blah blah blah, and be like and just be like, no nah, man, you're right here painting these. You get to be up at seven o'clock in the morning painting with your kid for an hour. That's that's it. That's like that's the creativity. Well, you know what? Uh, conversations like this are why I get up in the morning. So thank you. Hey, happily. I also think it's interesting too. Here's a guy that we both look at from from the film and think I was probably like, but I don't know that Matt has much creativity going on in his life. No, no. I think he's some pretty... people are meant to uh, be outlying catalysts. Yeah, totally. and I think that's what he is. Yeah. Josh Lucas, thanks for your time, man. Yeah. Really True. good to talk to you. Absolutely, ditto. The movie is called The Mend. It is um, obviously provocative, can make you think a lot, feel a lot, and it is really funny in yeah, places, funny. dramatic in others. Make sure you look at it. Thanks. This is The Jolt.